and Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around them. You missed it, friends. He's putting the sticky note in front of my face so I can't make faces at him. (laughs) Because remembering a sequence of words is not my specialty. You're not very good. You, You consider yourself to be poor with words, but in your profession, being that bad with words really wouldn't be allowed. No, it's... I don't... I don't use or play with words or make friends with them the same way you do. <laughs> no, that is correct. You you are a picture thinker and I am a word thinker. So I can remember the concept of the sequence of words, but not the exact words. Yes. And so if we have an introduction that goes the same way every time, you, without the post-it note that says what they are, would say... Something similar in meaning mostly the same, but, but not the same words. Differently every time. <laughs> yes, I you would. would. It's every great. single time. <laughs> I could do it that way. You totally could. Yeah. Oh, and you got called a lady the other day. Yes, I I did, but it was in a group. It was in a group. Yes, it was a group. I was at a uh, at the university at a, a, a monthly CEU type deal. Mm-hmm. And um, you were at a training for work. Yes, and there was somebody I worked with before. So this is people all in a s- similar professions. Mm-hmm. And. Um, as she came in, we hadn't seen her in a while, me and my work wife, and uh, she said, hello, ladies, as she was going past. And, and how long has it been since you've seen this person? Long time. I don't know. Could Couple be a years. Year, could be a year or so. Okay. And uh, she recognized you. She did. But as she said it, you could kind of hear in her voice as she was getting to the end of the ladies part. She was like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I and as she went and it and it. Came back in my head. Oh, she just said, I have to go fix that. Yeah. Yeah, have you to... have to go fix that. Yeah. I'm sorry, you have to go fix that. Yeah, I do. I was sorry, too. I was like, <laughs> eh, no, I have to. And um, for lots of reasons. But um, so after the... the what, what what was your work wife's response? She's I think sitting she's, there with you. She's kind of like, I think she hears it and hopes that she didn't. <laughs> because she's tired of uh-huh tired of uh and and she's one but, of those people who still has difficulty with pronouns isn't she she does really good with pronouns oh good yeah she was having a rough time for a while she was but she she's one of those people that's really determined that if she's not doing it the right way and especially if she's having a rough time with something she'll she gets more determined and she's willing to do what it takes to help herself fix it yes unlike some other people. Yes. People are aware of those kinds of things. Yes. Continue. And um, I think she, she heard it, but was hoping she didn't because she sure didn't want to have to fix it because a lot of times she does have to fix it too. She does. Or, you know, knowing that I think also knowing that I was going to have to go fix it because I, I believe I turned to her and said, I'm, I'm going to have to go fix it. And she she was felt a, bad for you. She felt a mixture of things, I, I think, of... Um, Ah, uh, geez, that crap again. And do we have to? And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all at once. And um, so I did. I went down after and I said, um, so I'm not actually a lady. Yes. And she said, no, you're not. 
I, she noticed. I noticed that. <laughs> and you and your missing friends, the way that his his facial expression and gaze is going directly towards this the listener's chest. <laughs> he's looking at me and he's looking at my chest and saying, No, you're not, as this other person would have done to him. Yes, and looking at my face too, like and there's your sideburns and there's not your chest and there's the up and down your glance. Voice of, is Wait not, a minute, what's wrong? This is different, but she knew what had happened and she said um, you would hope she'd say what a lot of people have said and I've gotten off easy is um, you're transitioning, which is what a lot of people said in the last year. And it's good that people understand that and they there's enough cultural visibility now. Which really su- pleasantly surprised me that mm-hmm. I got so much of that, but that's not what she said. No. She said, did you have surgery? Oh, and I said, goodness sake. I'm standing there like... Okay, I haven't had to do this, so I'm I'm surprised honestly that that's the first time somebody has asked you about surgery because I've had people ask me about surgery on a regular basis. Well, you didn't get to send out the email that I sent out. True, I sent it out to a lot of people, and then I could selectively send it to other people that that I work with on a regular basis that mm-hmm. I have emails for. After that big email was sent out, and then the correction was sent out to all the people who didn't get the first one. <laughs> that was a long story. Um, I, w- I could just take that email and send it again to somebody that I haven't worked with in maybe a year because I wasn't in that cycle of my work, mm-hmm. and it's come back around and they need to know this. Yes. Um, but this is not somebody I had an email for. Right. Because... She's not in within one of the other agencies that I would have updates on emails with. So, right. Anyhow, she is somebody who is fam- familiar with queer culture because she has a queer son, mm-hmm. and she's friends with another coworker of mine who has a queer son, and their sons are. So they were like P flag know, moms together or something. Yeah, whatever, something like that. Anyway, unofficially, probably. But yeah, yeah. So she has a certain amount of that. So it was kind of shocking to me for her to be quite so clueless yeah as to what not to say my my response to that question has been has he signed a hipaa release form for you (laughs) that's a good answer it is i like it it. yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. people are naturally curious about that kind of stuff and i don't think um, I know there's a lot of talk about it because there is more trans visibility. There, there is a lot more talk about it's nobody's business. And, and while that's true, at the same time, we have such a bi-gendered culture mm-hmm. that it is a really big deal that if you have a penis in your pants, you must go in the men's room. Mm-hmm. And that's how they identify things without more ability to understand why or why not mm-hmm. to do that? Uh, that's, you know, the, the, when you, when you come out the bat hatch and they say it's a boy or it's a girl. And that's, and there's how so everything... much crap that's predetermined for you in that very moment. Yes. And that's how people identify lots and lots of things and have for many, many generations in our culture. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's odd that people have these questions, but. They do need to figure out there, – there's a balance between that. I mean, we have to have an understanding for that's what they know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like number two child who, you know, is seven but 
really like four ish ish uh, and in his in his development wants to know do you have dad, a wiener yet dad yeah exactly you have a wiener and so that's his his thing and that's where most of our culture is uh-huh. developmentally uh-huh. as far as gender stance yes so I have an understanding for that. Mm-hmm. And certain people who I consider, they're not complete strangers. They are within certain professions, and I feel they need to have, you know, understandings. But it's not helpful to me, and it's not my style to immediately chew somebody out mm-hmm. or shut them down. Right. I like to actually kind of use a fishing line and lure them in a little. And then wallop the fish over the head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that about you. Thanks. It's, you know. Continue, though. So what did you say? I did say, well, yes, but yes, I did. And um, last summer I had my chest done and then I sent out an email mm-hmm. to, you know, the agency at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to send that to you. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Did you have more surgery?" And I said, "Well, that does come along, but let me send you an email mm-hmm. to let her know that we're not going to talk about what size my dick is right now at a work training." <laughs> yes, because you might be sorry, and I really don't think it's appropriate for me to get in that place that makes you sorry. No. So I won't do that either. But, you know, you could really significantly embarrass somebody. Yeah. Um, we could always use Forrest from YouTube's um, oh my gosh. approach of, yes, it gets bigger every week and it's starting to scare my girlfriend away. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Yes. I could say something more amusing like, well, I, I'm going to as soon as I decide exactly how big I want it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you know? Or, you know, any number of other things, which I just usually amuse myself with. And uh, you. Yes. But, <laughs> but uh, so I'm. I, she hadn't sent me an email, so I'm going to get it from somebody else and, and send her that. Because right. because I was able to send out that email at work and it had the three links of the differences between things like gender and sexual orientation from that really from, interesting from, from one of the greens, nerd guy. Yeah. Yeah, one of the Greens, the Vlogbrothers, they had a great video. And we've attached that to things before, right? Yes, and I can Mm -hmm. put a link to both that show and to that letter on our transpantastic.net website. I'll put another link to those specific posts in the show notes. Okay. So I was like kind of blindsided, you know, with her coming at me like that because considering that we worked professionally together and considering that she has a a queer awareness of a sort, Mm -hmm. not as much as I thought apparently, but um, I was kind of like, whoa, you're saying what to me (laughs) right now in this room where we're getting a training that just, you know, anyhow, Mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was kind of like, wow, I can't believe that just happened and uh, a bit uncomfortable. In the middle of a government training, let me ask you about your junk. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. So how embarrassing for you is what I was thinking, because I'm just going (laughs) to steer you away from that. And so I basically steered her away. I answered a little bit of it 
And then I, I steered her way, and I can't remember what else I said, but I said something to make sure it got shut down. That's good. That was the hammer, oh, the mallet over the head of the fish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, and that's all you're going to say now. You're done. Fish stops moving. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that happened. That was very interesting for me. And I, it, that happens to lots of people. And I think if you got a, got hit with that a lot, you would come up with more approaches to it. But I don't have any approach for it at this point. I mean, the, the luring people in and, and, you know, then smacking the fish over the head thing has always been my approach to lots of things. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, for the, what surgeries have you had or other intrusive things about your body? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of practice with because I've been so fortunate not to have that, which I think is unusual. Yeah, and I got away with yeah. responding, you know, before I came up with the HIPAA response. I, I work at a public school, and I am a music choir type teacher there. And my general response was something like, I'm here to teach music, not sex ed. Mm-hmm. Go ask your Google. Mm-hmm. And usually in a public school, when you hear go ask your, they're expecting the word parents. And so it would make mm-hmm. people laugh and mm-hmm. simultaneously make them realize that they were being asshats. Yes. And because I haven't had that much of it, I don't expect to remember to do something about figuring out what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have this really big understanding of that's really how a lot of our society works. They They base so much of their understanding on it that they really feel the need to know and uh-huh. it's a it's a an actual curiosity for them and i think it's an actual curiosity for most of us we they just forget that asking you is your physical makeup this like what i've done with other people who are more like uh clients in my work setting mm-hmm. if they say they kind of give me a, a a glance up and down and say so like you're fully male i say yes I am. In other words, you know. Let me just put your questions to rest, yeah. and I'm not going to give you any answers, and I'll let your imagination fill yeah. in the details. And So I think that that would be an easy answer to shut people down with, actually, is to say, well, I'm fully male. I'm fully male. So you should stop asking about my dick now, <laughs> is what that says, right? Yes. Yeah, because... They know, and when the email let them know in the links that you, it gave like a, so it gave the Vlog Brothers gender education, gender sex education uh-huh. um, categories, and it gave a what not to say type yes. thing, and something else I can't remember because uh, I'd have to a Google search for what is transgender transition. Yes, because then it gave them decent links. Yes. Because I put in the right words. Because a lot of people were like, what is this? Yeah, and if they went to Google it for themselves, they might Google unpleasant words or, you know, the the commonly culturally understood words that sometimes people don't realize to be insensitive. Yes. Which I have to offer an apology to our listeners, actually, because I tried to mention that your transition anniversary was coming up. Yes. And I tried to make a portmanteau of the words transition and anniversary, and I accidentally created an unpleasant word in the middle there, and I'm going to go back and fix it 
Okay. As soon as I have a moment. I'm so not concerned because... <laughs> I know you're not, but I don't want to have offended no. any of our listeners. I think so. I'm so not concerned because you would never intentionally do something to offend somebody. You know our, that, our, but our, they don't know that. No, and that, of course, you would fix it as soon as you realized it. So yes. that's all you can do mm-hmm. is fix it Yes, when you realize it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I, I think that'll be it now. Uh, I'm going to say I am fully male. I, I just am look at them male. like you really shouldn't be asking about that, should you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll know what they're thinking. No, see, They'll and this is thinking. where you go show and tell on them. Do you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> Without the Mr. Limpy. <laughs> yeah, you could say that too. He is fully male. And just look at them like, so there. <laughs> <laughs> My man has a dick. He actually has four or five of them. So there. <laughs> Speaking of people with dicks. <laughs> yes. You got the wrong prescription the other day. I did. Oh, oh. I, I did. I got, speaking of dead people, actually. So <laughs> dead people with dicks. Not with, well, no longer embodied, so, but, yeah. Although, apparently, the, the cult psychic says that he is in absolute bliss, so. Hey, wouldn't you be? You didn't have to do anything anymore. I know. <laughs> I'm glad, because, you know, those are the kind of messages that the people who are struggling when they're behind, uh, you know, like my mom struggling with this. I think she struggles less than some people, but mm-hmm. only with that category. <laughs> That's it. They gave me the dead man's script in, instead of my mom's at the pharmacy. Fortunately, she can't really read it, and she didn't really think about why did they give me my dead husband's script when I went to pick up hers. So I must have what must have happened is when you call and you do the automated refill thing. I must have, with all the bottles in front of me, put his numbers in too, thinking that was one of hers because mm-hmm. she was using the rest of his old one because we lost hers on the way back. But they were taking the same thing. Yes, but her, she had to cut his in half. Yes. And so she wanted to get her own because then they would be the right size mm-hmm. instead of... Trying to cut things when you're blind. Well, they were cut in half for her, but they didn't cut well. Okay. And so sometimes you're taking more or less because they just didn't cut evenly. Mm-hmm. And um, this is like a blood pressure pill mm-hmm. or Quinepro, something. Quinepro, I think. I think so. Yeah. So what's odd to me is that when I, if I called all those in and then I go to the pharmacy and I say, I am picking up for this person, why would they give me his? How would they know that was with hers? Mm. He's got a completely different last name. Did you go and look at the bottle? Does it actually have his name on the bottle? Yes, it does. The heck? It was really strange. So, you know, that was useless because I had to then call her doctor and say, hey, we need these in the right size, which is what I meant to do. And probably was, you know, being talked to and thought, well, I'll just call all these in first and then I'll go to work and do that because, Uh you know, I can call from work on a landline and it's easier. Yes. But anyhow. And also, usually if I'm at my mom's, it's early in the morning and her doctor's office wouldn't be open. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really bizarre. That was bizarre. hmm And so you get the script there to your mom's and she's like, this is... This is the wrong amount because she could see how big the pills were. Yeah. And I looked at it and I thought, how the hell? That is... It seems to me what they would have done is had it at the pharmacy, nobody picks it up and they put it back into... hmm You know, now there's just a whole bottle of Quinnipil that got wasted because... 
Nobody needs it. But there is a prescription drug roundup today. We can drop them all off at the... Is it CVS or Walgreens or... Save Mart or one of those places. I have a list. It's on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I have a bag of pills in the garage that are some from my mom, some from under our cabinet of various leftover tiny amounts of pills from Mm -hmm. other number two child surgeries and... Yeah, um, mostly leftover painkillers from surgeries after they weren't needed and my, anymore. And mine, yeah. and then, you know, various, and the dead guy's pills. Yeah. They can all go to all the go pre- prescription roundup thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to dump these all where the fish are. No. No. As much as you can avoid it and have some awareness. Right. I have a bottle of, I mean, a bag of uh, bottles of pills in mm-hmm. the garage to go somewhere. When we go get dog food after we're done talking to this microphone. We need to go get dog food. The chores never end. Yes. We were out to dinner last night with your mom and your aunt. That was... And number two child. Oh, my gosh. They were all children. (laughs) Number two child told my mom and aunt to stop arguing. I thought that was hilarious. It was was hilarious. But then then he realized he was being cute and decided to try to be cuter, which wasn't cute. No, and he ended up getting himself in trouble. But we had to tell your <laughs> yeah. mom that the chores really do never end. No, they don't. And then we just decide, okay, I can do these now, or okay, I need a break, and I can get away with not doing these now. Mm-hmm. And they cy- cycle, certain ones cycle back up to the top because we couldn't get them done before or couldn't completely get them done. Right. And um, She always seems just a little bit confused by that, though. Well, she doesn't have that kind of schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, and for, quite frankly, I think we have it worse than we've ever had it that I can remember. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of that. And like I said to you this morning, I was going through the list in my head of top 20 things on the to-do list and kind of cycling them around to which one of these had I put farther down on the list again because we couldn't do it with kids here. Kids are really demanding. We can't get a lot of chores done when they're here. Yeah. Because, you know, you said the other day, it's just the same grind every day. They come home, we make them dinner, we feed them dinner, we listen to them complain about dinner, and then we put them in showers and put them to bed. And by the time we've done that, we are so freaking exhausted that we're lucky if we can get anything done before we fall into the beds and start snoring. Because there's always 12 things to do before you go to bed, too. Yes, that's kind of our running joke. I'm ready for bed now. I only have 12 more things to do. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and I can't figure out how all these chores just spread up like weeds. They do. Um, and certainly, you know, they, the kids play in between all that stuff, but but that's a chore part of the list. Mm-hmm. It is. That's a, the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. And it's enough to make you realize why a lot of families take the shortcuts. They'll order pizza instead of feeding their kids a homemade dinner. They'll eat in front of the TV instead of eating around the table. They'll take their kids to a sport or an activity instead of making everybody sit and gather as a family. And you just eat in the car and you just go to the activities. I think that we would probably even go to some activities just for fun, but um, it depends on how well we can manage the particular group we have. Yes, and the kids are hard to manage, and I hate to say it that way, and it's not a complaint, it's just a fact of... It's not a complaint at this moment. (laughs) At this very moment, it is not. You are correct. (laughs) It's just a fact of their special needs, 
And the, you know, as a public school teacher, I see the results of crap parenting mm-hmm. every effing day. Mm-hmm. And as a government employee, you see a lot of families coming through your buildings that have very clearly poorly managed their children. And we are bound and determined to make sure that our children do not end up like that. We've had this discussion lately about why why is it quite so difficult. And, and some of it is, I feel, the culture that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And, and in part, that is certainly, you know, I think, the the neighborhood we live in, so therefore the schools our kids go to. They're mostly upper middle class. They're mostly parents who have kind of distanced themselves from the parenting there, there's process. A, there's a certain amount of kids there from the apartments, and the rest of them are all from houses that their parents own here uh-huh. for the most part. Yes. And they are very privileged. The culture we live in, and my mom said that her and her husband had noticed this in the last at least 10 years when they'd go in the store and kids were running wild. Yeah. And kids were just not getting managed the same way. Right. I sometimes worry that I'm doing so much managing that I'm not getting anything else done. But I'm more worried that if I didn't get the managing done, what would happen? Yes, and especially with our children's special needs, they need more structure. They need more management. And without it, we've seen, I see all the time, children who have been exposed to meth, children who are on the autistic spectrum, children who have mental health have other mental health issues and who really should have stronger structure at home, stronger, firmer boundaries at home, more guidance from their parents and they aren't getting it and they come to school and they just melt down Mm -hmm. and they just crash and burn They have no clue what to do with themselves when teacher says, here's a worksheet. We just did this activity on the board. Now you do it for yourself. And they're expected to be self-guided for the next five minutes, and they have no clue what to do. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a weird situation. It is. Yeah. It is. And so, you know, knowing that we do these things with our kids, but even so, they still act insane. <laughs> they do, but they I, I can tell you from experience they would be way worse. Well, we we've seen some of it. Yes. We have. I mean, it, even with with our kids when when there's been some situations where they have had less of the regular structure and I think it is a challenge for them as well that they do go back and forth between households so they have different structures mm-hmm. going on or different Yes. different um, levels of possible structure. (laughs) Um, uh, And then, you know, um, uh, we have to, we we try to balance out that with our our princess child and her abilities that extend beyond both of her brothers times 10. (laughs) Yes. And I've explained to her a couple of times and she's starting to get it that in our family and in a lot of your life, your success is going to be based on the effort that you put forth. And this is in education, they call it grit. It's the new thing, you know, grit, your stick to itiveness and self-motivation and ability to adapt to failure and adapt to new situations and new expectations. Mm -hmm. 
and to overcome failure by trying again. Mm-hmm. And I've explained to her more than once that if she is capable of more, she is not going to be held to the same expectations of capability. She will be held to the same expectations of effort. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so if her level of effort would achieve 10-year-old expectations and her 14-year-old brother's same level of effort would achieve 7-year-old expectations, they will both be rewarded from the same level of effort. Mm -hmm. Right. She's going to understand that more than most kids. She will. (laughs) She will, because she does. And she said to you the other night when number two child was having a stomach ache, and then he, lately he um, gets himself really wound around whatever he starts to believe is happening. Mm-hmm. I think he had like a little gas. I think but he, he had started a- believing he had a stomach ache and that he was going to hurl, and he got himself all worked up, and I gave him some. You gave him some rescue remedy. And it helps right away with him. It, it does. really does, which is nice, because mm-hmm. then he's not wound around himself, and he can settle down and, and be content again. Yes. Um, but he was getting wound up that he was going to hurl. And, uh, she was, they, they do have a, a great amount of empathy, all they these kids do. for each other. It's great. I love that they, they are such siblings. Even the number one child gets concerned about the other ones. He does. When, when they're not aggravating each other, <laughs> which is, you know, perfect sibling expectations. They yes. are either aggravating each other or they do have genuine concern and care for each other. Mm-hmm. And she says, she said, yeah, she, she said, Something about his tummy ache and something about feeling bad that, you know, she couldn't help. Yes, and you told her. And I said, you know, the thing that I was often told as a child when I wanted to help but couldn't, pray for them. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, whether or not you have a belief of your own that your own metaphysical energies are passed on to the rest of the world around you or not, the act of prayer does help one settle oneself. Mm-hmm. It does. And I said, you can pray for him and that will be nice. And she said, sometimes he just drives me nutty. <laughs> nutty. <laughs> did you laugh? Or did I you? did. I, I, I kept it in until I got out of her room. I said, I know brothers do that. Give me lovies and put yourself back in your bed. Yeah, And I walked out of her room and I just doubled over because mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So. Coming out of recogni- this little- She recognizes I care about him, but boy, does he drive me crazy. <laughs> Nutty. 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 Nutty coming yeah. out of this little six-year-old princess squeaky mouse. Yeah. Who just finished reading her second grade level of book or something, probably. Yes. Her bedtime story, we trade pages and you're having difficulty getting... Number two to read trade, the trade name Bob twice, on, two pages in a yes, row. <laughs> the preschool phonics readers, and mm-hmm. she's reading chapter books, trading. Well, I think once we got to chapter books, we started trading paragraphs. Right. She could do it, but but you guys will take a long time. It will. If she it will did take the whole a thing. long time. She prefers it to take a long time. She doesn't want to go to bed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's not tired. No, she's not. Hey, maybe she would make a great doctor. She doesn't have to sleep. <laughs> if she's a doctor, then she can pay for our retirement. Yay. And we'll still have to go to the boys' houses and tell them, I peed. <laughs> yes. 
I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> we do this. It's sort of our coping humor. They're at the table or they're doing something horrible and we say we're going to do the exact same thing to them when we just tell each other this because if we tell them that they'll take it as a challenge, but if we later what makes me laugh is to think in my head that I will do this thing when they're older. I will go to their house and throw their towels on the floor. And then their spouse will say, why did your dad throw our towels on the floor? And I'll say, I thought that's where they went. That's where you put them at my house. <laughs> right? Those types of things. Just because I, it makes us laugh. It does. Instead of, you know, the constant effort it takes to, like, do anything. To make them go back and pick it up. Which is, again, it goes back to that shortcuts thing. It would be less time intensive, less effort to just reach down, pick it up, put it back. And when I'm in his room, there is a certain amount of that that happens as you finally gotten him in bed. Mm -hmm. But I try to make him very aware of it. Mm -hmm. I don't want him back out of the bed. He's so distractible mm -hmm. and so difficult to, you know, get back in the bed just out of the distractibility factor. That once I've got him up there and he's starting to settle, I say, I'm picking your robe up off the floor. Mm -hmm. It belongs on the hook. I'm hanging it up for you. I'd like you to do that next time. And make him very aware of it. These type of self-care things that are important, and I say, when it's on the floor, the dogs could step on it, and it will get dirty. Mm -hmm. The dogs have already walked on the floor, and it will get dirty. You know, this kind of stuff. I know lots of parents have that, but uh, that's one of the things. I like when they stand in our doorway in the, in the morning, and even she says, what do I do next? <laughs> Like they know there's a certain sequence of events and we had a chore chart for them and you took it down and I know it needed to be revised because some it of the still chores, does. I know some of the, it's one of those things on it's that rotating to do 29 list. on the rotating to do list and gets bumped know, down again every once in a while. Because a lot of the chores were very preschool oriented and it's things that they've accomplished to do on a regular basis and don't really need reward for anymore and we're ready to incorporate new tasks into the reward system but we weren't ready to figure out which ones they were because we're too busy managing so many things and also we didn't feel like we had a good handle on the things we should change them to and i, I think some of them are just some of those things that you find yourself on the merry-go-round of pick up your towel off the floor mm -hmm. put your dirty clothes into the hamper yes those types of things. We could we could add those types of things, and, and hopefully that will be helpful for them to learn. Mm -hmm. They do know when we say it's time to brush your teeth, they do know, I'm just going to need to brush my teeth now. Mm -hmm. It's not really an option. Mm -hmm. So they have learned those types of self-care, and we did focus on that more for a while. Mm -hmm. You will have your nutrition, and you will have your hygiene, mm -hmm. and these things are important. So it seems like, you know, we're... we're we're managing, we're staying afloat. It would be nice to do more than stay afloat. I'd like to climb back on the boat now. <laughs> yeah, is the boat still there? I, I think it left without us, but... Maybe you, another boat will come along. Four more years, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that it for now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it for this deal. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com 
or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Although we gave up on nutrition recently. Well, not entirely. You didn't turn the noise off. You have to say it again now. No, I'm, I don't want to go into it right now because okay. we've gone on time. So where, where are we ending that one? Because, you know, we just kind of left it hanging there. We're managing. We're staying afloat. <laughs> <laughs>